Welcome to Life Beat. I'm your host, Anna Visser, and I'm here today with Emily. Hello. Happy Friday. Finally Friday. I think we all need a nap, but we do. we're going to make it. This week, we're going to be talking about the 2022 state budget that Governor Whitmer signed and also vetoed some things on there. And then we're going to be talking, we're going to be doing another week of Twitter reactions of, from crazy people. We've been doing this for a couple weeks maybe, now. Maybe it'll just become a weekly segment. Yeah, where things, I honestly think it should be because yeah. there's enough to do it daily, I think. so. We'll just thing, call it things pro-abort say and then be sarcastic. <laughs> it'll be great. Yeah. So we're going to add one of those in there today, and then we're going to do a little wrap-up wrap up of our conference that we had yesterday. We're ready to get into this. So the 2022 budget that was passed by the Michigan House and the Michigan Senate at the end of last week, I believe. Yes. Um... On Wednesday, the governor went through and she signed the budget, but of course, we can't have good things in the budget from a pro-life perspective, so she had to go through and veto certain aspects of the bill. So, Do you think she vetoed them because people were calling them pro-life? It's highly likely. It, it, it's very interesting. So the pro-life aspects that were in the budget um, that she vetoed was... $10 million for infant adoption advertising so that... Because adoption's not necessarily connected to being pro-life. No, not necessarily. So I, I'm wondering if people were just like, oh, the pro-life people support these, you have to veto them. Probably. I mean, Which that, is terrible. that's really what politics has, has devolved into. But, you know, the advertising for adoptions, for infant adoptions specifically, um, it would allow women who are pregnant to know that, hey, if I don't want to abort this baby, I can adopt it out. It would connect families looking for infants. Um, we know in the United States, for every one infant put up for adoption, there's 36 families waiting in line on average. And so it's a really good thing to get information about adoption out there, but the governor did not want that to happen. Um, <laughs> In the bill also was $1.5 million worth of grants for pregnancy resource centers. So again, getting money into the hands of people who are serving women facing crisis pregnancies, giving them medical care, giving them the physical needs that they need, counseling, everything like that. The governor says... No, we want abortion to be the only option in the state of Michigan. So thank you, Governor. I think one of the most interesting things that she vetoed in this budget. It's is called the a, college one? Yes, yeah, so the, yeah. the Pregnant and Parenting Stu Student Services Act. Little bit of a handful to say, but basically it's just giving resources to students who find themselves pregnant or they have young children so helping so even just help with parenting yes daycare mm -hmm. things like that um so you know a woman can have her education and her child really a good idea 
Um, and it's very pro-life thing to do. It was for centers on campus, right? Yes. So that they could go to class and then put their baby in yeah. daycare, whatever yes. they needed. Yes, and then it would be, it was, the funding for that was only, I think it was $500,000. So it's a weird situation when we're saying only $500,000, but it's better than zero. Um, but the and most... It's, it's interesting, though, because when she was state representative, she voted for that bill. Yes, it's a law. In support. It's a law because she voted for it all those years ago. Um, well, partly because she voted for it, but then somehow in the intervening years, she decided that we do not want to give support to pregnant and parenting students. It, that does not strike me as wanting to get rid of the conditions that drive women to abortion that they accuse pro-lifers of not caring about. Yeah, because we always get accused of you only care about, you're only pro-birth and you don't care about the child after they're born. Well, we're trying to do all these things to care for the child after they're born, and yet we still get shot down. Yeah, it's it's ironic that the people who it's the classic argument of, of projecting what I'm doing onto somebody else so pro-abortion activists like to say well pro-life people don't care they only care about when the baby's born they don't care about la di da di la di da di da they'll go on forever if you give them the opportunity and the oxygen but the people blocking that kind of support they're talking about is themselves mm -hmm. so it's kind of do as I say not as I do and really what it does is it just drives more women to abortion. We want, pro-life people want women to be informed. We want women to have options. We want women to we have want to choices. Help them. And we want to help them. The, that is evidenced by crisis pregnancy centers all around the state. It's evidenced by churches, by nonprofits, by sidewalk counselors. The pro-life movement is not just pro-birth. We are womb to tomb. We want <laughs> the lives of human beings to be protected, and we want to make sure that people are cared for. And so when we it's have... It's really hard when you have a whole hard. side of people that are telling you to do these things but not allowing you to. Yes. So thank you, Governor Whitmer, for not caring about the lives of parenting and pregnant not caring students. about women in general. Oh, yeah, there is that. Now, we could take the conversation a little further and look at, well, campaign financing, who's giving Governor Whitmer hundreds of thousands of dollars? It might be, hint, hint, wink, wink, the abortion industry. So I like to tell people, what motivation do politicians have to offer options for women for their pregnancies, to care for women and their children after the birth happens, what motivation is there to solve the problems if they are getting hundreds of thousands or nationally millions upon millions of dollars from the abortion industry and campaign finances? I'm thinking it's millions. Planned Parenthood divs, I think it was about 50 million last year. Don't quote me, don't quote me on that. Um, I would have to go look up the numbers, but they are available online. And we have those numbers on our website, rtl.org. Just looking at how much money the ab abortion industry spends on 
politicians. And Governor Whitmer is on that list. And so, you know, you, you get what you paid for, and the abortion industry is getting value out of their investment in our governor. They are. Why would they want these pregnancy resource centers or adoption advertising to be helped when it takes away their, their money from all the abortions they're doing? It's sick. It really is sick, and it's a vicious cycle, but we will bring it to an end. That is our goal. We want this to stop. So hopefully in the near future, please Supreme Court do the right thing. Michigan will be abortion free and we will we'll conquer any battle that comes after that. But for the meantime, Governor Whitmer, you should have signed those pro-life parts of the bill even though you would have gotten a little bit of bad publicity from the pro-abortion side. You would have gotten great publicity from us. Yeah, we would have given you like 2.5 out of 10, you know, because (laughs) (laughs) it would be a failing grade, but you know, a little better. Room for improvement. (laughs) Yeah. Nice pat on the back. Yes, we would have said thank you very, very truly. Um, Keep going. You know, we're hoping that on the rare occasion, Governor Whitmer, if you are listening to this message, please. (laughs) Oh, the chance. (laughs) The odd chance. of that. It's not very likely. Maybe one of her staff, like, spies on us. Who knows? But we want women and children to be cared for. And we would be so happy to work with you towards that. Um, and, you know, there's still a year, you know, come talk to us. There's a year. We can do something about this, okay? So the offer's on the table. Don't think she'll take it, but it's there. <laughs> so, <laughs> and that got weird, I think, for a second. So <laughs> moving, moving on. on. Moving on to our Twitter reactions. Oh, boy. Oh, boy. I feel like, Emily, you're going to go off on this. Uh, like, you're going to have a little rant, and I'm ready for it. I, I, I think we're all ready for it. Yeah, I think everyone in the office here is used to my ranting. So, um, <laughs> You and Chris are so funny. Both of you get so riled up about what people say on Twitter. It's fun. <laughs> <laughs> it's a very good judge of what people actually think, and you, you are constantly exposed to just how ignorant and uninformed America is on very basic issues. So uh, this week in Things Pro-Abort Say, um, I was scrolling through the Twitter last night because I have a problem. The Twitter. Um, yes, the Twitter. <laughs> and I ran across a little, a little tweet that someone had reposted. Um, it has since been deleted and it's and possible. She's, um, her account is also private, I checked. Yes, uh, people say things that <laughs> They should not say, and then when people point out how wrong they are, they tend to hide, which is okay. (laughs) So um, here's the tweet. I'll just read it out to you. Um, They were replying to a couple of pro-life people on Twitter who were talking about the Texas, the law down in Texas and saving lives, and this is what she said. She said, 45% of mothers die within the first 24 hours of giving birth. Is that not a high enough risk for you? Anna, I don't know about you, (laughs) but you would think that if 
the maternal mortality rate was 45%. That's half. That's, that's close to half. That's half. That would be half of all children are motherless. That is ridiculous. Absolutely. So, of course, we couldn't let that stand. And sometimes when I get on Facebook, I like to repost these things. So the actual maternal mortality rate in the United States is 0.015%. So it's about 15 out of 100,000 births. Um, and, and you have to realize in that rate is included things like murder, car accidents, things that have absolutely nothing to do with the pregnancy. If a woman is pregnant and she dies under any circumstances, she I is think included. They, they count it of like 40-something days after birth. Yeah, after giving birth. Yeah, so even then the number could be a little bit inflated. Or was Still, it 48 hours? I don't uh, know. I don't remember now. I don't know. They changed, <laughs> they like to move scales. But there is a massive, just, a you know, a little difference maybe between 0.015% and 45%. Um, and then, so I was thinking, you know, maybe she's talking like a few hundred years ago. Let's go back in time a little bit and let's look at maternal mortality rate. What was a time in the world, you know, kind of modern and industrialized, but not quite there? So I looked up the mortality rate um, in the year 1600, and they say it was between 1 and 1.5%, and we are still a long way away from 45% when we go back. I mean, honestly you probably could not find a time in world history outside of the plague in the dark ages where 45% of mothers were dying after giving birth. And that would have nothing to do with the birth. It would have everything to do with the bubonic plague. So um, things pro-abort say they okay. pull fake numbers. You know, I was trying to be optimistic and give her the benefit of the doubt. You know, maybe she read some statistics somewhere that was completely wrong but just trusted it, right? So I tried to look up this, this statistic to see where she found it. It's nowhere. She found it nowhere. She so pull, pulled it out of a hat. No, um, I'm serious. Like, there's there's nowhere online that says that statistic. Like, because I was thinking, oh, maybe, like, someone just falsely reported that. Or Planned Parenthood, like, lied about it. Just blatantly lied. Nowhere does it say 45%. Nowhere. It, so I'm just confused where she even got that number. It's probably she just made it up to make a point or she heard it from a friend who heard it from a friend and someone used it to try and scare her 20 years ago. We don't know, but this is the kind of false data that got spread around a lot, especially on the side of abortion because the goal is to scare people and make abortion seem like the good option, like the safe option. Mm -hmm. And so you have data like that. Now, one of my favorite things um, after this whole thread, because it was it was pretty late last night when I put this on, on Facebook, because apparently I have no life other than work. And <laughs> someone, someone commented, you know, 79% of all statistics are made up, including this one. And I thought, that's the kind of sarcasm we need in our lives. So... <laughs> Um, when you hear outrageous numbers like a 45% maternal mortality rate... I think we would know if there was a 45% mortality rate. We would know. We would know. If, if something, if you ever hear something like, eh, that doesn't sound right, 
it's probably not right. Um, so, moral of the story, don't believe what you read on Twitter. <laughs> because it can get a little crazy. Now, this kind of ties into, um, in Congress right now, in, in a couple of committees, they are having hearings about the Women's Health Care Act. I'm going to get the whole name of it wrong. That was passed in the House last week. Um, that completely el eliminates all laws in any states that have anything to do with abortion. So the law would make abortion legal for any reason up to the point of birth. It they're would, pretty much calling it, um, what were they calling it? I don't know. They're calling I think it has something to do with women's freedom over health care act. It was like abortion at any time act. Yeah, <laughs> pretty much. Pretty much. But you have to think what it would do, you know, re-legalizing partial birth abortion. So the baby is in the birth canal. You break into its skull and suction out the brains. They want to make that legal once again. Um, horrible practices, saline abortions. There's still a handful of them that happen in the United States. But again, um, they want to make that more common again. A saline abortion, um, for those of you who don't know, is you inject saline into the womb and the baby is basically burned alive with the saline solution. Um, Melissa Odin, if I'm pronouncing that right, is an abortion survivor who survived the saline abortion pro procedure. She's a good person to look up for information on that and her testimony is very powerful. But basically, they want to just say, you cannot regulate abortion at any point, even if the baby is in the process of being born, then, you know, you can Yeah, there it. would be no parental consent, no waiting 24 hours, nothing. No. and No regulations, could, basically. You could ship abortion pills to anywhere with no checkup. Let's ignore the fact there's 2% of all pregnancies in the United States are a topic. If people die, it's collateral damage because we got the money for the abortion already. Um, but basically, they're having hearings in, in Washington, D.C. right now, and a lot of members of Congress um, are coming forward with their abortion stories, and then there's stories being brought forward on the other side. And, and you'll notice if you look into the arguments that they're, product, they're using emotional arguments and they they are teasing data but not giving you data so um, they had a witness come forward and say that the maternal mortality rate is terribly high doesn't actually give what the maternal mortality rate is so you can kind of see and pinpoint when people are using an emotional argument instead of the actual truthful argument where they'll say that data exists but not give you the data because the purpose is to persuade on a false need pretense. need credibility, mm -hmm. but making it up. Yes. So, and especially if you, when we run into and we're out on the street and we're talking with people of a different, a different persuasion on life issues, um, those arguments come up a lot. So just be patient and say, ah, I don't think that data means what you think it means. And or you that. made it up. Or you made it up. <laughs> um, don't be like this person on Twitter. Actually, be like this person so we can roast you next week. <laughs> I don't feel like we're roasting her. We're just roasting the whole idea that you just make up numbers to scare people. 
And her a little bit. <laughs> I was going to say. And her a little bit. <laughs> we'll take it. Um, so now we're going to move on to our recap of our conference yesterday. We just, especially Emily, I'm sure she wants to thank everyone because she planned the whole thing and did an amazing job. So thank you, Emily. I'm a little tired, but, <laughs> but we survived. Yeah, every, every year on the last Thursday in September, we have our annual Right to Life of Michigan conference. This year was the 48th. Um, so obviously neither of us were alive when these, <laughs> when these conferences started <laughs> happening. But we do have a few, a few members from our, our affiliates around the state who have gone to every single one. Uh, which That's is amazing. amazing. It's really amazing. Um, it's always a good time to get out, to see the faces that mm -hmm. we talk to over the phone and via email, and it's a good time to just get together with a group of like-minded people who are all working for the same goal and just having a good time, eating food, making jokes, chit-chatting, and, and listening to some interesting speakers and, and learning about... Yeah, we about... had some cool ones. We had some really good workshops. Um, we had Dan Compton, who told about how he's an abortion survivor and just his testimony, which was really beautiful. And then we had, I don't know how to say his last name. <laughs> the, so the director of the Euthanasia Prevention Coalition, which is up in Canada, his name is Alex Schadenberg. Mm -hmm. He's one of the world's foremost experts on assisted suicide and euthanasia. We were very happy we could get him yes. over the border and back yesterday. Did he get back home? He was able to make it back oh, to Canada. Good. So, um, Alex, if you're listening to this, we will accept you if you want to immigrate. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> we know Canada needs you, but if Canada ever decides it does not want you, we will open our arms and welcome you to Michigan permanently. Um, yes, so, so thank you for being there yesterday. Really appreciate it. And thank you to all the affiliates that came yesterday and joined us. It was really nice to meet all of you, put a face to your name. And if you missed it, we have it next year. It's usually in September, It's correct? always on the last Thursday in September. Okay. Don't ask us where it's going to be. Okay, it <laughs> happened yesterday. We haven't planned yet. <laughs> don't, don't get the cart before the horse. Um, but it, it's, that's when we have it every year. Um, the information is always up on our website in August of every year. If you're interested, put it on your calendar now with a little reminder, and then come join us wherever in Michigan we're going to be next year for some good time of fellowship and learning and just, you know, getting ready and preparing to make Michigan abortion-free again. We're going to get there. It's just, it's taken a while, but we're getting there even closer now. If you're interested in learning more daily news, weekly news about the pro-life movement, or just hearing what funny people say on Twitter that is crazy, then you can find more of that information on our website at rtl.org. And we, we have our um, podcast every week on Friday. I believe next week is going to be a Life and Faith podcast where I'll be interviewing a pastor. But you can also follow us on social media. We have our weekly newsletters that we send out through our email that you can find on our website as well. And you can find any fact, any fact sheet, handout, 
social media graphic that you would like, you can find that all on our website as well. So thank you for listening this week. I hope you have a great week and stay tuned for next week for our faith in life interview with a pastor. Thank you.